Warning, the following podcast has been classified as insanely lucrative. Listener discretion is advised. So trying to enforce something that's on a contract is just going to be uh, a nightmare, especially if you're a small company, right? I mean, you've seen, I don't know, Guy, did you see that thing where uh, some Chinese company came out with pretty much an exact replica of... Your attention, please, please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host. And this is the show where we discuss how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM. Hence, the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM podcast. As a matter of fact, I had this insatiable craving for peanut butter Captain Crunch. No lie. And so I ate a bowl, maybe two. And with every single bite, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Today is Q&A Thursday. And as always, I am joined by my trusty partner and co-host, Guillermo Puyol. As you can hear, Guy is making his own private label product. This guy is a beast. He's not even outsourcing it. He's just working on that uh, that new product. Hang on a second. Guy, Guy, get over here. Come on, we got a Q&A to do. What is up, my friend? How are you? Oh, busy as usual, man. It's crazy, but you know what? It is Thursday Q&A. That means we've got Q&A questions from our customers. Not from our customers. What am I saying? From our listeners. And I have a couple questions for you, as you know. I know, I know. I know you get excited about this. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Shall we get started then? Let's do it. All right. Well, before we can get started with the official Q&As, we have the Manny Coates question for Guy. Are you ready, Guy? I'm ready. All right. Question number one. Just between us. Okay. Only between us. What is a song that you really, really love, but you don't want to admit to the public that you actually love it? Oh, God. (laughs) Um... Well, it kind of ties into a question you asked before. Uh, it would be Take My Breath Away by Berlin because of the whole Top Gun uh, memories that it brings. Oh, sentimental memories, huh? <laughs> it's just a badass movie, man. <laughs> it is, I agree. All right, guys, let's get into our Q&As. Guy, as always, uh, if, you're new to, uh, if you're a new listener, what we do is we do uh, two rapid-fire Q&A questions, and then that's it. You know, so we get you in, we get you out, and Guy has prepared two questions for us. Right, and this one comes from Steve Heitman, and he actually sent it uh, via audio from our website at ampmpodcast.com. So, roll tape. Hey, Maddie, Guy, what's up? Steve from Upper Michigan. Hey, question for you. Hey, while I'm asking you this question, you're probably making money. How cool is that? Anyways, uh, my question is kind of a follow-up to Raken's question. Uh, after you find your supplier, 
and get some samples. Do you enter some kind of purchase contract agreement with that manufacturer? Uh, I haven't heard you talk about that. Just wondering if you could touch on that, uh, if you have some kind of contract that you send them, some kind of agreement. Uh, anyways, love the podcast, Periscope. Uh, watching you on Periscope right now, Manny, uh, doing your elliptical workout. Anyways, uh, thanks a lot, guys. Hey, Steve, thank you so much for that question. And, man, uh, it's awesome that you are joining the Periscope pretty much every single time I do one. I see you in there. That is just awesome. How cool is that, Guy? Pretty cool, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve, let's see if we can answer your question here. I guess I can give you what I do. I can tell you what I do. Um, But let me just say that I'm going to be doing an interview later this month with an expert that's on this topic, okay? Somebody who deals with importing nonstop, deals with Chinese suppliers on a massive scale. So um, you'll find out a little bit more about that uh, hopefully within the next couple weeks. And we're going to pick his brain to death and get all the advice that we can get uh, on this topic. But until then, for me, I don't really do too much of that. First of all, when dealing with China and similar countries, you're dealing with environments where the laws of patents and trademarks and copyrights really don't mean that much. You can go into any store and just start buying things that would blow your mind here in the U.S. So trying to enforce something that's on a contract is just going to be a nightmare, especially if you're a small company, right? I mean, you've seen, I don't know, Guy, did you see that thing where uh, it was some Chinese company came out with pretty much an exact replica of the new Range Rover? Did you see that? No, no. Yeah, they came. It looks exactly like the Range Rover that I have. <laughs> it's just a different name, but exactly the same thing. And uh, you know, that Range Rover, uh, there wasn't much that they could do about it, from what I understand. I didn't follow up on it. I don't know if they finally did anything, but they were literally selling this full-size vehicle over there. So it's just nuts. Anyways, wow. um, so it's hard to enforce. Uh, but I do actually have all the terms that we agree on. I have them put this on the purchase order, okay, and then I have them sign that and email it back to me, okay? And I honestly know that it's probably not going to do anything if they don't honor it, but at least it's there so that if anything does come up, I can go to the supplier and I can say, hey, you know, you you promised that you would do this, this, and this, okay? So that's what I do initially. I have everything listed out. For example, um, if one of the things I, I tell them is I want some text on there that states that they're going to replace any units that Amazon says uh, are damaged. So it's not coming from me. I can actually do a screenshot of uh, products that show uh, they were damaged, they were returned because uh, they were damaged or in in some way weren't 100% the way they should be. And then I can get those products uh, given to me as a reimbursement, you know, free products the next time I reorder. So I definitely have that. One of the other issues that I have is usually once I've been doing some work with some of these uh, suppliers, I'm actually on my second, third, fourth order with them. I'm now doing wire transfers directly to them. I'm no longer using Alibaba's uh, trade assurance. I'm just going directly to them. We have a a business relationship. So that kind of puts me in a situation where if something happens, I'm kind of hosed, right? If if they decide they don't want to do anything. When you're using Alibaba's trade assurance, you know, if you're just starting out and you're working with a first-time supplier or your first time with this supplier, you can use trade assurance and you can have um, all those terms listed in that uh, that agreement there, you know, that you're being covered for with that insurance. So that's that's a pretty awesome thing to do when you're first starting out. Yeah, that's pretty much it, I think, in terms of, of what I do. What do you think, Guy? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think um, it's a good idea to cover yourself 
especially when you're starting out when it's your first transaction, uh, we've talked about how to select the the suppliers uh, through Alibaba and which filters to run them through. So that in itself, the, the supplier selection in itself is an important step towards protecting yourself. And then if you use an escrow company and, and you have the, the terms, like you said, in the purchase order, you should be fine. I mean, there's there's always the potential for, for trouble, but if you're just focused on the pot- potential for problems, that's just going to paralyze you and you're not going to do anything and you won't get your business started. Yeah. And I think um, if you're dealing with a company in the U.S., then for sure, then you're going to have an actual contract. You're going to have everything set up because in the U.S., you know, you can bind people to those agreements. So for sure in the U.S. But if you're dealing with overseas, especially uh, China, like the majority of us are doing, there's not much you can do there. And as you said, Guy, you know, with the trade assurance, if you're actually going through and you're looking at the suppliers and you're making sure they're all gold suppliers, these guys are out to actually make money selling stuff to people and making sure that they're happy. They're not out there, you know, the good companies aren't out there to screw people. Um, So just make sure you're getting an inspection company out there as well. That's just one more thing to make sure that any of the terms uh, and agreements that you guys have, uh, have agreed on are actually being followed. The inspection, you, you'll let the inspection company know what they are and they'll go through and they'll check everything. So you should be pretty covered uh, no matter what. All right. Cool, cool. Let's go on to the next question. All right. So uh, I'm assuming you have another one for me. <laughs> I do. Key. What's up? Are you ready for the Manny Coates hypothetical question? Ready as I'll ever be, I guess. How long after you feel full do you keep eating for? <laughs> now you're getting personal, man. That's what that's <laughs> what everybody wants to know, the personal questions. What makes you, you? All right, well, unfortunately, I think that I keep eating uh, a while longer. Not, not after I feel full, but after I am full. I, the, I've read that there's a delay between your stomach actually being full until the brain realizes. Well, I think that connection in my body is really slow, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's there's some some kind of communication breakup in there, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I'm gonna. As I, as I told you before, one of my my goals is to get healthier. With my wife's pregnancy, I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, she got pregnant, I gained the weight. That's so, funny. So now I got to get back in track and get healthy again, man. Perfect. All right. Good answer. So now we know. Okay. Let's get to uh, question number two. All right. And this one is also an audio question submitted at ampmpodcast.com and by Jamie Sayed. And let's go ahead and play it. Hi, Manny and Guy. I'm Jamie from Australia. Um, I do jump on your Periscope and listen to you guys and watch you guys on there as well. My question is, I've already got a very small Amazon business selling um, two products at the moment. Um, I'm about to launch another product, but this product is going to be in a total different niche um, to my other products. Now, I'm just wondering if I should like start another brand um, for this product because it is so different to my other products. But I don't know what to do. Do I launch this product under the other brand and then change it later on? Or do I um, start from scratch and build that brand 
uh, from the start. I'd love to know your insights. Thanks, guys. Okay, cool. Thank you, Jamie, for that question. So this one will be pretty fast. Uh, I think a pretty fast answer. My answer to that is if you're starting a new product, okay, and it's completely different than everything else, and you're actually trying to build up your brand, your you know whichever brand you have initially, then I would put it into a different brand, okay? I mean, the whole idea of having a brand is to have things relatively focused, right? So if you're selling auto parts, you, want, you don't want to throw in uh, baby products into your auto parts brand. It makes it, it just kind of muddles it up and it makes it difficult on a lot of different levels, especially later if you're trying to sell the brand. Um, but if you don't care, I mean, if you're just trying to have one big generic brand and, and sell a bunch of stuff through that brand, then I guess that wouldn't matter. But yeah, me personally, I would actually uh, create different brands that encompass very similar products. Yeah, I would argue that you should care though, because if if you're actually trying to make this a profitable business, you should have uh, a goal. Um, I don't know if an acquisition is a goal or or growth, but if if you don't care about these decisions uh, from the get go, then in my opinion, you're self sabotaging your business. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know what, Gee. There's people out there that just want to make sales and they're not looking at the long term and they're looking at right now, how can I make money? We know these people exist. I would say, in fact, the majority of people out there that aren't doing any kind of training are probably like that, wouldn't you say? Probably so, unfortunately. And there's one other thing to consider as well. Uh, Remember, your products will sell better if the brand name that people see is actually related or, or lends strength to whatever it is they're buying, right? Again, going back to that baby analogy, if you're selling baby food and your brand is called Chuck's Motorsports, <laughs> you're probably not going to be getting too many sales as, you know, if people are noticing that the seller is Chuck's Motorsports selling baby food, right? So in that scenario, it's ultra important that your brand uh, lends credibility, lends strength to whatever it is that you're, you're selling, right? So if you're selling motorsports stuff, that's fine. You know, have a brand related to that. And if it's baby stuff, pick a name that makes a mother or a father comfortable with buying baby products uh, from you. Cool, cool. And that wraps up the questions for this episode. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed it. Please uh, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Visit us on ampmpodcast.com. Go to the Facebook group. There's a lot of, of gold nuggets there to be found. Yeah, for sure. Guys, if uh, if you want to see me on video and you want to actually interact with me real time, we do almost uh, almost every single day we do a Periscope. So download the Periscope app and follow me at Manny Coates. Okay, just do a little search for Manny Coates and boom, I should be at the very top. And follow me and you'll get notified every time we do a video. It's pretty cool stuff. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the AMPM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.